The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. The reason why people are paralyzed today is because we depend on others. Mm. It's dependency on man, government, others to raise our kids, to tell us what is right and what is wrong. We depend on others for our income, for validation. When we depend on others more than we depend on God, perpetual paralysis will always define us. Next on Life Today, Samuel Rodriguez shows you how to destroy what has paralyzed you so that you never miss your moment again, because you are next. you, but uh, I'm James Robinson and Betty. Welcome you to Life Today. Sammy Rodriguez is with us. Uh, I told Sammy, I said, I got to pick this up. You've just got so many, you know, credentials and you lead. You're the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. He's also connected with the largest, let's say, combination of church leaders in the world, in the Latino community all over the world, about a half million churches. It's what, 480,000 churches? It was, it's 500,000 churches approximately. 500,000, somewhere yeah, in that, in that realm. Yeah, and he is the pastor of the New Season uh, Church in <laughs> Sacramento, California. It's a real long name. He said, just say <laughs> New Season. Would you welcome Sammy Rodriguez to the life today? Thank you. All right, thank you. Sammy, thank you're family. You're family. Why do you call me every time you don't think you say Daddy James? Why do you say that? <laughs> Daddy James, uh, some of the viewers may remember there was a moment at Gateway Church back in your anniversary, mm -hmm. uh, some years 50 back. 50 years. 50 yeah, year 50 anniversary. Years. Yeah, some, six years ago. Some years back. Mm -hmm. Now, I was following your ministry for years, grew up following your ministry, indeed impacted, marked my life. And we've done conferences, but never connected. There was a moment. And it's hard to explain. It, it was a God moment. And I spoke, I preached for you. I was going off stage. And you told me, drop, go down. And it was right there in front of everyone at Gateway. And I, I thought, was, is it a terrorist attack, a bomb? Because all you said was, go down. And this is on stage, guys. Go down. I'm going like, oh, Lord, help us. And so I did. Then I looked to my side. You were down. We were both facing down. And it was one of the most transformative, marking moments in my entire life. It humbled me. Uh, I haven't been the same since. It changed our lives, our family, our ministry, our trajectory. And you passed, uh, the, you know, using a biblical metaphor, your wording's not, my, not your wording, not mine, the mantle over to yours truly. And it started something truly amazing, and here we are together. So you are a spiritual dad, um, and I honor you both. You have both impacted my life. I am grateful for who you are and what you've done for the kingdom and the body of Christ. Well, I'm, I really believe... Thank you. Sammy, I really believe that God has chosen you and Jensen Franklin wrote the forward to this yeah. book. And boy, what a what a treasure he is. Indeed. Uh, he's been, Jensen, love you. You've been such a blessing to us and to to the whole church and to America. Thank you. You are next. Um, destroy what has paralyzed you and never miss your moment again. Sammy, 
this is just going in the bookstores. It's going to be, I think, transformative. Tell us about the book, just basically for our viewers to know what's the basic message you want them to get. And boy, do you ever put it in powerful print. I mean, it's like fire coming off the pages. This message changed me. So the way the books come out as it pertains to the books outright, it's not something anecdotal. If there's a message that impacts me and changes, and there's measurable change in my life, I want to share that with the world. It's a story from the Gospel of John. There's a man who's paralyzed for 38 years. 38 years. He explicitly makes the following statement. Every time I think it's my turn, I miss my turn because there's no one there to put me into the water. There's this pool. The waters would bubble up on occasion. The angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters now. And when the waters would bubble up, the first person to step in would receive their miracle. There it is. Now, this man was paralyzed. So there's never a calendar of time, never an Instagram or a selfie or a tweet about when the waters would bubble up. It's whenever heaven wanted to send down an angel to, you know, stir up the waters. He missed his turn for 38 years. We don't know how long he was next to the pool. But for 38 years, he was paralyzed. But he, every time he thought it was his turn, he would miss it. Mm. Jesus shows up, makes him next. But he was dependent on someone else, the man said. I'm always depending on someone else. It's an issue of dependency. The reason why people are paralyzed today is because we depend on others. Mm. It's dependency on man, government, others to raise our kids, to tell us what is right and what is wrong. We depend on others for our income, for validation. When we depend on others more than we depend on God, perpetual paralysis will always define us. You know, you said powerfully over the years, and it's been repeated by you many times, but by others, that the government may be our Uncle Sam, but it'll never be Father God. Many people have become dependent by making that government a replacement for Pharaoh or Caesar, or as you say so well, more than an Uncle Sam, they've made it Father God mm -hmm. the source of dependence, and it's keeping them stuck and paralyzed. Is that basically what you say? That's happening? the message. Look, we've all been paralyzed. Be it for a moment, for a week, for a year, we've all suffered a moment of paralysis. Be it emotional, financial, relational, spiritual, our paralyzed thinking, uh, paralyzed ministry, paralyzed entrepreneur dreams, paralyzed destinies, paralyzed family circumstances, where there's a lack of mobility a lack of action. But here it is. Right now, there's uber paralysis. Uber paralysis. We have entire communities, sectors of our demographics, of our, of our nation, the world, just paralyzed because they're dependent on government to solve all the issues. That's paralysis. And there's nothing happening. Because again, Uncle Sam may be our uncle. He'll never be our Heavenly Father. We, we have to stop depending on others for something God can only provide. It is God. Psalm 62, verse 5. I depend on God alone. We have, through Christ, when Jesus comes around, he brings an end to paralysis. And by the way, one of the biggest things that's, oh boy, <laughs> that is currently paralyzing America is paralysis by hyper. Let me explain hyper. Hyperbole, which means exaggeration. Hypersensitivity. Holy cow, Batman, everyone is easily offended. <laughs> and I mean everyone is easily offended. Hyper-victimization. I'm a victim, you're a victim, we're a victim, we're a victim. Won't you like to be a victim too? We're all victims. We are all victims. Mm -hmm. Hyper-victimization, right? Hypersensitivity and hyperbole. It's a hyper-paralysis culture. And it, and it runs counter to the Word of God. If all we are are victims, how can you be a victim when we are more than conquerors through Christ our Lord? Mm -hmm. Christ makes us conquerors. We have to do away with this paralysis of hyper-victimization. We're paralyzed by ideology being more important than biology. 
which means this fluidity of ideas that two plus two could be five or seven, it's not necessarily four. We're doing away with science. We're doing away with faith. And we're driven by the winds of the times. I am believing, James and Betty, that the reason we're alive today is because in Jesus' name, I believe we're about to experience an awakening that'll bring an end to paralysis in the name of Jesus for the glory of his namesake. I believe we're about to see paralysis come to an end in an entire generation. There's a generation that's paralyzed right now by this obsession with being validated. Like, 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 We are not defined by the likes of many. We are defined by the love of one. Wow, that is so right. Do you think, do you think when we, we put a covering over us like uh, partisanship, a sectarian position or denominational position or a racial position that that can keep us stuck and paralyzed in that particular community and never advance because we too are stuck and we're not saying to the Lord, yes, I want to rise and be raised beyond my circumstances and stop passing the blame. We are, we are paralyzed by nomenclatures and descriptors and adjectives that attempt to define us and hold us captive where we suffer in, we, we suffer with myopia limited by that definition that's not the primary descriptor. What's your primary descriptor? What defines you first and foremost? So when you wake up in the morning, so what's the first thing you see? It, is it James and Betty? You're Texan? You're white? What is it? What defines you? You're Baptist? That's it. But that's it. You're a child. Reliable father, unshakable father, all loving father, boundless love, patience beyond description. He loved, and I'm his kid, and I never had a father. I'm the product of rape. I didn't have a dad there. I had some who stepped in, and after I got right with God, I had other men step up who loved God the Father, who became in many ways a father to me, like you just said, I'm in some ways a father to you. This is what we have, but I start there. I wake up in the morning knowing who I am. That's it. You're a child of God. First and foremost, everything else is secondary. We're a child of God. We're not Republicans and Democrats. We're not black, white, yellow. We're not charismatic, automatics, Baptists, Pentecostals. We're not any of that. We are children of the living God. You can be involved in those things, but not be but paralyzed it's secondary. by it or allowed they may be, to There may be beautiful, redemptive elements in all of these things, except the political ones. That's kind of weird. But everything else, <laughs> but, but above all, but you're first and foremost a child of God. But we have people paralyzed because we've created idols out of race and sexuality. Well, Christians have become intimidated by what's going on in the world. I, we, we've become cowards. We're I, not bold anymore. Betty, I, mean, I, I think, I don't know if I should say this, there are parts of the church that are paralyzed today. Mm-hmm. We have Christians drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. We have parts of the church that are paralyzed. The reason why the world is going to the proverbial hell in a handbasket scenario, it's not because the devil is the devil. The devil's always been the devil. Darkness is always darkness. The number one problem right now is a lukewarm church. It's a church that's sacrificing truth on the altar of political, cultural, and sexual expediency. It's a church that's paralyzed. You know what paralyzes the church? We're afraid. We're afraid of people boycotting. We're afraid of people unfollowing us (laughs) on social media. I mean, think about this. We're afraid. And we, we don't want to be called a certain thing. And because we're afraid of names, mm-hmm. think about that, of names. They called Jesus every name in the book. Yeah, but and we're, he was perfect. But we want to be liked. Mm-hmm. And we, we're so obsessed with being liked more than expressing his love. That's right. We should be obsessed with expressing his love, exploring his word, embracing his grace, experiencing his presence, and expressing his love. 
That should be the clarion call for the church right there. But we need to bring an end to this paralysis. And it requires us to do what this man did. Jesus approaches the man, paralyzed for 38 years. He looks at him and he said, here it is, ready for this? Here's the exchange. I'm not, this is totally verbatim from the Gospel of John. Jesus looks at a man and says, do you want to get well? Hmm. The man's response is grammatically, semantically, syntactually, it is complete. Here's the response. Do you want to get well? The man responds and says, I can't. All right, back, back, back. The, the question is, do you want to get well? This requires a yes or no response. That's it. It's, you know, it's fill in the blank. Not an essay question, buddy. <laughs> and he comes along and says, I can't. I never asked you if you could. Obviously, if you could, you wouldn't be there in the first place. Get over yourself. You're a narcissist. Not only are you physically paralyzed, you're spiritually, emotionally paralyzed. You don't seem to get this. You're so full of yourself. And right there, Jesus looks at him and says, stand up. Now, do the Greek exegete on the passage. It wasn't stand up question mark. It wasn't a hypothesis. It wasn't theoretical. Jesus tells them, I'm not asking you. I'm demanding. Matter of fact, I'm commanding you. It's the same wording that appears in the Hebrew in Joshua. Stand up. This man had no choice but to stand up. He didn't even want to stand up. He, he, he actually believed he couldn't stand up. But Jesus told him to stand up. Guess what he did? He stood up. It went beyond him. I love the fact that Jesus bypassed his drama and spoke into his destiny. Jesus bypassed the problem and spoke into his purpose. In other words, I'm going to speak to the fact that I created you in my image. There's purpose inside of you. There's destiny inside of you. I'm going to use you for my namesake. So I'm going to speak to that inside of you. I'm going to bypass you, even your doubt and your unbelief. And I'm going to command you to stand up. I'm believing that right now the Spirit of God is telling his church in America and around the world, Stand up. Yes. Yes. Stand up. Yes. Really stand up. <laughs> How do you explain, and this is what I, when I literally, you're talking about us being on the floor, and if you go back, you can see the video. When, um, Matt Crouch saw it. Yes. And it so moved him. He said, this guy has to have his own program on TBN Worldwide. And a network. And bang, yeah, my own yeah, network. Yeah. He just said, because he saw it. And I was praying for a double portion anointing. I was praying for double, triple portion of anything God had ever put on me to be all over you. Now, here is this zeal. Here is this fire. Do you believe that everyone can have the fire of God, not necessarily speak, say, the way, or have the gift to communicate like we do, but they can have the love for God, the love for others, the desire for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's possible God's will can be done through us on this earth, not just when we get in heaven. Heaven, Jesus, is in us. We can express His life, and this is in us. We can't help but speak what we've seen and heard. We don't want people to stay paralyzed anymore. I'm hearing you say, rise and be healed, stand up, and you're saying it to the whole church. If they would stand up, His glory would come down. All they have to do is obey His word and stand up. Just stand up. Listen, not only do I believe it, I expect it. <laughs> I expect it. Paralysis, there shouldn't be such a thing, spiritually speaking, as a spiritually paralyzed believer. That's counterintuitive. It's oxymoronic. Not someone who is a moron of oxy. I mean, it's oxymoronic. <laughs> it's, my, my, my point to you is, it doesn't line up with Scripture. It doesn't. It's incoherent with the Word of God. Yes, stand up. But this idea of stand up is powerful. It's Ezekiel 2.1. Stand up and I will speak 
to you. Acts 2.14, and Peter stood up and God spoke through him. The moment you stand up, everything changes. I am believing right now in Jesus' name that paralysis is coming an end, coming to an end in your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry. I'm even believing in communities across America. I am believing paralysis is coming to an end. The paralyzed church is about to stand up. We're about to occupy space and raise the volume of righteousness, truth, love, and grace all in the name of Jesus like we've never raised our volume before. For. So stand up in Jesus' name. Let paralysis come to an end in every circumstance, but not just stand up. Jesus could have walked away. The man stood up. Jesus could have said, deuces, great job, I'm done. <laughs> but he did it. Looked at the man and said, wait a minute, you're standing, huh? Great. Now go back and pick up your mat. <laughs> now think about this. Why pick up the mat? If the man would have left the mat there, there would have been an expectation that, that one day that man could easily go back to that place. When you pick up your mat, you're telling heaven and hell, you're telling your friends and your haters, you don't live there anymore. <laughs> it's time to pick up your mat. It's time to tell everyone around you, you don't live there anymore. I want the church to stand up and pick up her mat. We're not the complacent church anymore. We're not the politically correct church anymore. We're, we're not the kumbaya church anymore. <laughs> we are the Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-empowered, atmosphere-shifting, righteousness and justice, grace-filled, vicarious, atoned church of Jesus Christ. And we're not Google, and we're not Starbucks, and we're not Ford, and we're not the NFL. We're not just another entity. We are the most powerful transformative reality on planet Earth. We are the church. So stand up. Pick up your mat. And I believe if you, if you get this book, you I'm can, get it, down now, you can get it online. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what, it, it, I think you come in fire off every page. And you're actually, it's like Sammy's come home with you. And he's right here, but he's going to pour out the love of God, the life of God, the truth of God, the transforming truth of God. It changes everything. And the power of God to lift you up and help you stand up as a part of that body of Christ that's healthy, wholly connected to one another, honoring one another, supplying each other's need, and submitted to the one head, Jesus. That is what I believe. And we will gladly, let me just say this to you right now, Sammy, we're in our mission feeding program. You know, we've been doing this now for nearly 30 years and saved millions and millions of lives. And right now, our grandson has just been into the Sudan. He's been several times. Beautiful. He's been to the mission field. Our, several of our grandchildren, our family's there. We love helping people. But I want you to just look right now. And as you look and see, by the way, we have some things we're going to send you to bless you because we love you. But we'll also, you help us help these kids. You want to send you Sammy's book? We'll do it. I want you to watch this closely and just see. See, if you don't want to say, I want to be the miracle in those children's lives and in those families, watch closely. Now, 200,000 plus children die every single month of malnutrition alone. They die in a village like this. They get buried with a little wooden cross with their name etched on it. Over the past week, our mission team has traveled throughout South Sudan and Uganda, overwhelmed by the devastation of countless families fighting an unrelenting crisis. We, we've sat with mothers here today, mothers that are, are grieving the loss of their children, and they've explained to us that those children have, have died because of malnutrition, because of starvation, literally, because there is no food in this village. There's no livestock. There's no crops. There's no food at all. 
our team witnessed further heartache in the malnutrition clinics where mothers have risked long journeys with their children for just the hope of a life-saving miracle. I've been in places like this. <sighs> now you have your own kid that's about the same age as all them, and it just, oh, you just can't fathom if your own child's going through something like this. And with these dire circumstances spread throughout South Sudan, Thousands of mothers have embarked on the treacherous journey, seeking food. It's not God's heart to see mothers wonder what they're gonna feed their children when they wake up in the morning. So today, I'm asking you to be the solution, be the answer to these mothers and children's prayers. Betty, that, that's your grandson, our grandson Luke, who has a beautiful little baby girl about a year now. She's just a doll, and there he is. He's been many times to the mission field, but not when he had his own little baby. What do you feel when you know what you feel as a, as a mother and a grandmother, now a great-grandmother, and you see your grandson talking about those precious people and their children? What goes on in your heart? You know, as I watch, and I, I, I pay close attention to the mothers, because I have a mother's heart. And I see those mothers hold their little babies. And I remember when our babies were tiny, I'd hold them up and I'd see how cute they were and then they'd just smile back at me. And I watched these mothers and they would give anything to see their babies smile, to see their babies' little tummies full, to see their babies happy and mm -hmm. cooing and laughing and smiling. We can help that happen. If you'll join with us, as you've done many times maybe, please do it again. These mothers want to see their babies smile again. Please do this for them. Oh, boy, I tell you, so many of them only hear them cry or whimper. A lot of them are too weak to even cry. They just kind of whimper. And it just really does tear your heart out. Let me tell you this, I couldn't take it if I didn't know we could correct it. If I didn't know that love doesn't fail when you release it, and you've done it so beautifully. I'm glad that our children and grandchildren can see the needs of others. And like so many of you want to join in helping. I wish I could give you a big hug and thank you for everyone you've helped us love and feed and care for. You know, those mothers want to see their children get to go play. Yes. And these little children in the third world countries all over Africa, they, they, they only toy they may have is a ball of string that they make a ball out of it. They may just have a stick and they knock rocks along with it, and that's their game. You know, I want to ask you right now, please, would you, would you just ask God, what can I do? We, we need a miracle. There's such a crisis on the border right now of Sudan where people are being driven out and many of the parents or the men are being killed. We need 270,000 additional dollars in addition to the 400,000 children we're feeding to meet a crisis there that we actually had UNICEF and the United Nations say, if you will get it to the people, we'll give you the food to take them in those crisis areas. And our missionaries computed the cost in addition to the 400,000 we're feeding, we need 270,000, they broke it down, to be able to deliver the food that's being given by the United Nation and UNICEF and USAID. And, and Luke said, they just cried with us when we said, we'll try to find a way to do it 
And they were so thrilled that somebody would go and give what nations gave, but it takes that love. So we need to be able to have the support to feed 400,000 that the missionaries have already organized and now a crisis that needs to be addressed. There was also a crisis, a cyclone like a hurricane in Mozambique that just disabled so many, it shocked the missionaries. But you're the answer, you're the solution. Would you right now just say, God, can I help feed 10? Could I help feed a hundred? A thousand dollars will feed a hundred for the next month. A hundred dollars will feed 10. 50 will feed five, 30 will feed three. Would you just say, God, what do you want me to do? And would you immediately go online or dial that number, go get your bank card and make the best gift you can? We have some gifts to send to you to say thank you. And I just pray, I'm asking God, Lord, raise up 270 people. They'll say, I'll give $1,000 to make that other miracle happen. Unbelievable. Would you do it? We have gifts to send to you to bless you and to say thank you because you are blessing people with the greatest gift, the gift of life because of the love of God. Please dial the number, go online, use that bank card like a check. You make a check, make it to life. Call us and tell us you're putting it in the mail. We really do need to hear from you. In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. With previous reserves gone and mission feeding helping in areas of great famine, we urgently need your support to replenish food supplies to reach the 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or ten children for three full months. Please consider an extra gift to help ease the suffering of innocent families who, due to tribal warfare, have had to flee their homes in South Sudan to neighboring Uganda in desperate search of food. World Food Representatives have asked for our immediate assistance. That's why an additional $270,000 is urgently needed to help provide food to those who are starving. With your gift, we'll send you the James Code by O.S. Hawkins. You'll also enjoy this beautifully crafted leather bookmark. With your gift of $100 or more, request the Passion Translation Bible. This edition ignites the passion of the Bible to modern readers by merging the passion of God's heart with the life-changing truth of His Word. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request our commemorative bronze sculpture, Safe in the Shepherd's Arms. Please call, write, or make your gift online. You know, even as you were watching and looking at all the things we're saying, thank you, the gifts, the passion, uh, translations, fabulous. Yes. The James Code Boas Hawkins. I was praying, Betty, that God would really touch people to give the largest possible gift. If you can give $1,000, if you can give $100, help 10 kids, if you'll help us with that incredible challenge, $270,000 challenge to deliver food that the UN and UNICEF and, and the United uh, USAID said, we know your people will get it there. Well, it's gonna cost us something to add that. That's in addition to what we're doing with all these hundreds of thousands, but we wanna meet that crisis. If you'd like to have Sammy's book, you say, would you send that to me? I think it'll light a fire in me and help me stand. We'll be more than happy to send it to you because when you give to help nourish these children and meet their needs, You've helped them stand. You've given them a new life. 
and a new future. Would you join with Betty and me in saying thanks to Sammy Rodriguez? <laughs> thank you, Sammy Rodriguez. God bless you in your journey. We're going to keep walking together like family. Thank all of you for watching. Thank you for your support. You pray for Sammy as he goes. <laughs>